What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Under the Microscope, where we dissect the art of basketball. My name's Coleman Ayers from Binding Means Basketball. I'm Yosef Ishak from Valley Basketball Skills Training. So both of us, I'm sure, get a ton of questions about how we structure our workouts. And it's different depending on which client or player we're working with at the time, how often we work with them, what they need to work on, all this. But there are some overarching things that really apply to every single workout that we run. Um, so just to get right into it, there are three type of workouts that I'll classify pretty much any basketball workout under. So these three categories are. So these three categories will hold true for any type of workout you do. The first one is just kind of a generalized all-around workout. Um, you're going to hop between finishing and, and ball handling and shooting. If we need to check these boxes and cover multiple um, areas of their game, this is something we'll do because we need to address these things, but we don't have time to really, really, really dive into one thing. And that leads me to the second type of workout that we generally run is, so this is a workout where we really dive into one, maybe two or three things, but normally one skill or move or, or uh, tendency or technique, whatever it may be, we really dive into one thing and just rep that out, focus on it, teach it, and really walk away from that workout knowing that the player has gotten better at, at least one thing. And then the third type of workout that we'll run is, is more of a, a lighter intensity workout, like a shooting reps workout. Everyone knows the type of workout. You just get in the gym, get up 400, 500 shots. There's still going to be um, some, some specific aspects to it, and we'll get to that a little bit later. But this is something that you may do on a game day or a, um, a day where you've already lifted, you've already gotten one of your specific or more all-around, more intense workouts in and just getting into the gym and getting reps up, building that confidence. But no matter what type of workout it is, we always are gonna have at least one focus, if not a couple. So this is really central to our philosophy that we're gonna have certain things, like, like I said earlier, whether it be a skill, a move, or a certain technique that we're really gonna lock into that one day. Um, and I think this is big because we're working off this principle of blocked or deep practice that we talk about a lot and even if it's one of these lighter shooting workouts we're really going to be keying in on one thing so range um, shooting off like a lateral slide if if that's something that the player shoots out of a lot in a game or um, the speed of your release or anything that you may need to work on or you may want to add to your game or, or fix as a weakness um, we're going to address that in a very specific manner um, and we will cover some areas, some other areas of your game as well, um, especially if it isn't one of these specific workouts, but there always will be one or a few things that we're really focusing on. So I like players that I coach and train to come out of a workout knowing that they got better at something. A lot of the time I'll ask players, or not me personally, but um, coaches will ask players what they got better at in a one hour workout and they'll list off like six or seven things. You know, like shooting, ball handling, finishing around the rim, my pull-ups, uh, certain moves. You know, we learned a move today. Like, to me, that's not possible because you're working on these so minimally. Even in, like, a longer two-hour workout, you can only work on so many things in a deep and focused manner. So if you only spend 5, 10, even 20 minutes on something, you're not really getting into that deep practice zone. Um, that I classify as at least 
20 to, if not over 30 minutes for me, because in basketball, there are so many moving pieces and everything is such a complex movement that you will probably need even longer, especially Mm -hmm. if you're learning a skill or a technique for the first time, you're really going to need to dive into that for an extended period of time. And you're really going to need to go into a workout with the mindset that I'm going to get better at this one thing today and then come out with that same mindset like I got better at this one thing today um but that focus is something that's going to really hold true to every workout so Joseph before we start to get into like the the more of like the the skeleton of our workout you just want to talk a little bit more about that focus yeah yeah definitely and before I even do that I just want to go further on the points that you were making earlier so with the um uh, how they focus on like a multitude of skills within mm-hmm. one one hour to our workout so let's say like one of the work one of the things that they were working on is um pick and roll there's no way that you can like truly target all the all the right things that you can get out of a pick and roll within a 15 20 minute there's so time many frame. options there's, like, so many things you could do you could pull up off of it finish off of it pass out of it reject it go under yeah. go over there's just so many options out of that pick and roll situation that you can't really replicate within that given time slot. So that's why those focuses are, are hugely recommended to the hugely recommended way of working on training. It depends on the place that we work out with, obviously, but um, like you mentioned, but for the vast majority of our players on our sessions, we have players that we're working with at a consistent basis. So we always work out on specific skills or we choose a specific skill for that day or maybe maybe even have a specific focus for a time period so let's say like this month we're really going to get your time uh, your speed on your shot down we're going to get it down in your shot pocket quicker and all these things by your shot that's what's going to be our focus for this month next month we'll focus on something else completely different or build off of that but um so those focuses for that workout you really critical keeps you focused and organized on what you're trying to work on instead of just doing one random ass drill to develop your passing then completely do something completely unrelated yeah. to and working on your shooting so like like i mentioned the uh, having dedicated time periods focus on a specific skill and progressing that but this is all in d- dependent on the the client that you have the player that you're working with and the, yeah. the time resources that you're given with them so if you have five days a week with a specific player then it's optimal to work out in a way where each day is focusing on a specific uh skill or facet of the game that they can develop over on so let's say uh the overall theme or focus of a workout an example or with athlete a would be to focus on pick and roll so that's the overarching theme or focus of the workout but um it's not going to be it's not going to be something that or it's going to be applied to each drill that we do even like the ball handling the finishing the shooting that we do so with ball handling the way that would look is um we try to break down the pick and roll situation in ways that we could uh, try to mimic the ball handling aspects of that pick and roll. So a lot of times in ball handling, you want to attack that screen kind of at a slow pace, and then you want to explode off of that screen when you get to it and then drop low and get your body down to the athletic position. So if our ball handling program or ball handling portion of the workout, we'll start with a high to low focus or a low to high focus, and from a slow to fast or fast to slow focus just to get better at changing speeds and changing heights because that that indirectly kind of, uh, supports and builds up to that pick and roll aspect of the game, the workout that we're going to have. And then even with finishing, there's um plenty of finishes that come out of the pick and roll option where you make a move on the, when you make some type of fake move on the big man that helps, or when you make a change of direction move, there, there's so many different ways that you can go about finishing through that pick and roll focus. 
and then shooting that that's self-explanatory a lot of the different opportunities that come from shooting or that come for shooting out of that pick and roll really figuring out what your weaknesses are and what the players weaknesses are is what's most crucial in in figuring out how to figure uh, what to work out on and with a lot of our players in the beginning when we're building up where when we first meet a player we ask them where do they think that their biggest areas of the weaknesses are in their game and we also come up with our own list and then we try to see and mimic or match where um those uh their overlaps are and then that's where we truly delve in and focus on our in our training just because that's something that we both see eye to eye and how we can develop that player's game <clears throat> yeah and i think i think before you even get into any of these i think you the an honest assessment is the first yeah key to any successful program so yeah we'll get into this into a later video for sure i'm how to assess yourself, mm -hmm. uh, what to look for in your own game that you need to work on that mm -hmm. you can treat as kind of like a, a an opportunity for you. Um, and we'll get into that later, like I said, but that's definitely the first step to any of this. But mm -hmm. getting into the actual structure of our workout. So obviously the first part of any workout for any hooper, you just associate it with a warm-up, yeah. like a dynamic warm-up. And for these more intense workouts, we will go through these like full dynamic warm-ups where we're checking off all our boxes um, and we're really focusing on prepping ourselves for, for movements. And even these will be specific to that focus. Um, mm -hmm. So like, for example, when we're priming ourselves um, at, at the end of a, a warm-up, we're going to mimic the moves that we're going to most frequently going to be doing in that workout mm -hmm. um but you guys probably don't want to hear a ton about a warm-up today so i'll save that for another uh, for another episode um but one thing i want to note is that every hooper hates a long gruesome warm-up after like a long day or a long week mm -hmm. of training um and there's not always going to be a need for a full warm-up and i find one of the best ways to replace this is just a stationary ball handling warm-up mm -hmm. it's a great way to blur those lines between um, warming up and beginning your workout into actually getting into that workout and raising your heart rate mm -hmm. um, and I think the cool thing about this about a stationary ball handling warm-up is that we can check off every box of our typical warm-up with just a stationary with, with just some stationary ball handling mm -hmm. we raise that body and muscle temperature self-explanatory uh, especially when you're doing a little bit more intense drills, you're going to raise that body temperature and, and the, the temperature of that tissue. Mm -hmm. um, you're also activating some important musculature, like getting into these lower positions and holding these positions in an isometric fashion is going to activate these tissues. Um, we're also getting a mobility facet in. Like a lot of our dynamic or a lot of our um, stationary ball handling drills have a pretty big focus on mobility especially in the hips ankles um where we're really focusing on getting these players into new ranges of motion um so not only so that they can get warmed up in a sense but also because it's such a big part of ball handling is just being able to drop into new and extended ranges of motion and as we increase the speed and the intensity of the ball handling we're revving up our central nervous system for the workout mm -hmm. so is why we always will start off with some type of stationary ball handling because it perfectly mimics the progression of an actual dynamic warm-up and you're not putting much stress on your joints we will get into the dynamic or we will get into the dynamic ball handling sorry uh, next 
but by that time you're gonna be pretty damn warmed up just by standing in place pretty much staying in a pretty confined area and just revving your body up for that workout so we're always going to start with that stationary ball handling warm up mm -hmm. and then with the um, stationary ball handling it's also uh, including all those um physical warm-ups it's also a great way to like just warm up the brain and kind of get yourself used yeah. to new movements with um with a uh, like with a ball so a lot of the times with our warm-up drill or with our best or um, stationary ball handling warm-ups, we uh, do a lot of movements that aren't really specific to the game, but mainly to right. build that player's control of the ball. So we have a lot of like one-handed dribbles where you have to wrap the ball around your body in a specific way and like get the ball through these cones and through your legs, all with one hand. And um, that's more so just a challenge and warm up your ability to just like your neurological ability to just move the ball and just understand how the ball is right. going to bounce and where it's going to go and just get comfortable with that because overall that'll prepare you best for the um the actual game where you're moving in a much more or much simpler fashion in, in the actual game so with our stationary yeah and I, I also real quick i also think this is the best time to implement like um now i don't want to say like games but like so, for example, if you're going to implement two-ball drills, implement them here. Yeah. Because this is where you're really going to prime your, not only your, your body, like I said, but also your brain. And um, mm -hmm. getting your mind into that kind of just basketball and, like, the ability to handle the ball, getting your mind into that zone, mm -hmm. that's the type of stuff that you can do with, like, two-ball drills and putting up numbers and, like, um, throwing, like, the having to pass the basketball in between their in between their dribbles and really challenging their neurological abilities as well and i think that's this is probably the best place to do it because it's already not very specific so um if we're going to be doing stuff like that that really activates their mind this is probably the best place for that the next thing that we'll always get into is a dynamic ball handling portion so we're going from stationary to moving into a moving portion um and again, a lot of these focuses will hold true. So if we're working on certain qualities in the stationary portion, we're going to transfer those over to the dynamic portion. We don't like anything to be random. We like everything to be with a purpose. And I think you'll see this in a lot of uh, the aspects of our workouts. But find a purpose. So if, you're, if you really think you need to work on changing speeds, then maybe changing speed should be a constant focus in this dynamic or moving um, ball handling portion. If you really think you need to work on going from high to low, or you need to work on cuffing the ball, you need to work on ball speed, like there are ways to do all these things. There are countless ways and drills to work on all these things. So having one focus a day in this ball handling portion um, will be big. And th this will normally last from like, I'd say, how long do you think we normally do the stationary ball handling for? Like five, St yeah. ten minutes max. Yeah, stationary dynamic probably like max 15, 20 minutes of the whole workout combined. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, uh, yeah like stationary five, maybe ten minutes. Dynamic's normally a little bit longer. Mm -hmm. um, but I would say both of those should not surpass more than 20 minutes if it's one of these more generalized workouts. Mm -hmm. if, you're, if you have a specific ball handling workout like you really just want to lock in and focus on ball handling for the day go for as long as you want to go, you know go for that entire workout yeah. if, if you really feel like it but um normally we don't go for more than 20 minutes um but if you really find that that's a weakness in your game definitely hammer that out a little bit more um mm -hmm. but we will generally transfer 
so have our guy shoot a free throw, um, maybe get some water depending on how grueling that that first 20 minutes or so was, and then we'll go into kind of some lower intensity warm ups if you want to talk about these. Yeah, so here we go into the touch for and touch and feel of the game. Yeah, so um, perfect. We go into a lot of um, finishing, just like touch finishing drills here. So this is more just to get you familiar with the. Just like the spin off the ball, how to shoot the ball, like shooting warm-ups are coming here, finishing warm-ups come here. And this is mainly just a... Actually, we, we do the finishing warm-ups directly before the, the shooting, so we can talk about that yeah. later. But um, this is mainly where the finishing portion or the finishing warm-up portion would be immediately after the um, the, the water break or the rest from the, the ball handling portion. So here's just a focus on just getting reps in, repeated motions, or just getting that touch and that feel connected to the, your mind-body feeling connected. Just getting that, um, just getting comfortable with the ball around the rim, basically. So here we have like floaters, yeah. we have like different types of layups, hook layups, inside hand layups, verse layups, and all these different types of like kind of like variations of the mic and drill, and a whole bunch of other um, yeah, a whole bunch of other uh, different types of sh- what depending on what the focus is of that day. So like floaters, right, and uh, just a lot more that goes into it, and then that's what leads us more so into the actual finishing portion of the workout. And that also goes hand in hand with whatever the focus of the day is. So if the focus of the day is uh, floaters, then or scoring in the mid range, then floaters may be the portion that we throw into the finishing portion and the finishing part that we um, right. were on. So there'll be a lot of like different ways to get into floaters. And um, like we talked about in our previous podcast with the skill acquisition, we talked about the progression of these these drills. Yeah. So we start with um, that touch feeling. That's mainly that that coordination stage that we mentioned before, and then it goes building that confidence. Yeah, exactly. That, that building that Just confidence. Just seeing that ball go in is probably the main thing. Yeah, and then we start throwing in um, different kind of game situations, but not really doing it with live defense. Just having them do it on their own. It's like repping out different rep or repping out different variations, and then have them do those a few times, and then then we throw ourselves into the mix where we have that live effect right. and that reactive component to the workout. So. We have players that the the focus of that day was finishing in the mid range. We just have a give the ball, uh, give the player the ball at the elbow or whatever, and then tell them you got to score on me in the paint within one or two dribbles. And then it doesn't matter how they do it or the what way they go about doing it. They just got to figure out a way. And then that's there that that's where that live component comes into play, and that's how they develop that instinctual part of the game where they have to they can't really be boxed into a specific movement. They have to figure it out on their own. And I think that's right. where the biggest um, that's where all like the biggest gains or the biggest confidence uh, builds are gain are put here because they're doing things on their own and they're not being told what to do. So it gives them that freedom to explore how to do what they're being asked to do in whichever way they want to. Right. So like this is where a lot of players expo or show their creativity with specific things. Like we've had players during these portions of workouts do things that we've never even thought that they could, that player could do. Yeah. So like this is a great way to get players to feel comfortable and be um kind of like kind of come out the type show. of player they are yeah because a lot of the times when you're telling a player what to do and how to go about it they um they're kind of limited and they're not really given that opportunity to figure out themselves in a way so like when the more you right. give players the opportunity to do things on their own in a creative way where they have to react to certain defenses and certain situations then the better that player feels about themselves and the more they learn about themselves and the type of players that they are so that then yeah so that's how we would go about that finishing portion of that workout and generally and I, this, what were you about to say so in terms of, of time for this um because i know some of you guys may be taking this and applying it directly on the court which is okay but mm-hmm. um in terms of time you don't want to do the the, the touch like warm-up or or 
the closer to the basket, like like we were saying, like variations of the mic and drill and just kind of the easier touch part. You don't want to do that for more than, you know, five, yeah. ten minutes max. Yeah, no because what yeah, exactly. Because while these are good ways to kind of get your confidence up and feel comfortable and build those really basic like motor qualities and skills close to the basket they're not realistic at the end of the day and they're yeah. not going to be what you're doing in the game yeah. they may be the last thing that you're doing like the last portion of a movement that you make mm. but you're not going to have that momentum carried into the finish mm. um that you would in a game you're not going to have defenders around you etc so mm. these are great for building that confidence but they're not mm. they're not something that's sustainable within a workout yeah. for like five ten minutes second thing I'm, i want to mention is that in the more game situation based finishing how much rest you're taking is really dependent on a few factors one is if you really are in a period of your training where you need to start getting into um, getting into better shape for the season that would be a time when you do need to take a little bit less rest Mm -hmm. um, more reps um, higher intensity continue to push hard through those reps don't get me wrong but those reps will be faster with less rest. Mm-hmm. If you're really focusing on learning a skill or, or doing something in a game that's that has to be perfectly executed, take a little bit more rest in between. So mm-hmm. this is when we'll have our players like walk back, take a couple deep breaths, and then get in the next rep. We're not big on conditioning within workouts just because mm-hmm. it, it could take away from the quality of every rep. So I'm not a big fan of, unless it's a conditioning like a specific basketball of that day. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Unless it's a, a conditioning focus, um, I'm not going to have the players like run back or jog back to mm-hmm. into the next rep because I find that just fogs you mentally. And while that is good at maybe the later stages of a skill where you're trying to work through that fatigue, for the most part, we want to do these reps cleanly and perfectly and then build up into doing it with fatigue. So. Just keep that in mind as you're going through this finishing portion. Yeah, 100%. And that's, that, that applies to all the portions of the workout, honestly. So yeah, definitely. You never want to, like, it's, it's, really, it's really difficult to learn anything when you're in a condition or a deconditioned state where, where you're just completely yeah, out of Yeah, all you're thinking about is getting oxygen. Yeah, all you think about is getting oxygen. Yeah, all you think about is getting oxygen. Yeah, all you think about is getting oxygen. Yeah, Yeah, So when you're trying to learn new movements and practice new new uh new skills in basketball i'm not we're both not really big on just that pushing through pushing that player like get up yeah keep going keep your head up keep going keep going because we know that that's not going to derive the best results this is going to lead to worse and worse performance and just sloppy and sloppier um posture and everything just kind of flies out the window with that so uh, we always uh, we always try to tell the players take as much as rest they need to in between sets and exercise and then they'll be they're ready to go and and yeah. also real quick like it's not just a mental thing like you may be thinking like oh yeah. no nah, like that's just like i could definitely push through but like neurologically and and like physiologically you're not going to be as good when you're fatigued like you're not going to produce yeah. much force your yeah. bot your bodily movements aren't going to be as refined and as a result you're going to be teaching yourself potentially the wrong things if you're not exactly. really well um either conditioned or really good at that skill um, exactly. So keep that in mind that it's not just a mental thing. It's like you're literally just going to perform worse if you're yeah, fatigued. Exactly. I feel like the only time that 
that should be really be emphasized is really when that player's mastered whatever they're working on and yeah. they're trying to master it to the point where they can do it even when they're burnt out. Exactly. So that's but that takes plenty plenty of build up. It's not something yeah. that you just jump into immediately. Right. So um after the finishing pro or after the finishing portion, we go into kind of what we call like the game situation, the live uh, live component of the workout where we um this and this part is completely dependent on the player. So this right. this part depends on whatever the player's weaknesses are. So if um and, and, it's, and it's typically in a scoring offensively way. So it's um let's say the player really struggles in the mid range, then this next few 20, 30 minutes of the workout we're just going to dedicate completely to hammering out, hammering out their weaknesses and developing those weaknesses. So if it's in the right. mid-range, then we're going to work on all these different options out of the triple threat, maybe out of a dribble, maybe off of um, a screen, maybe uh, having players do it without any defense first, learning the movements, then we throw ourselves in, have different styles of defense throwing at them, teach them ways. So what we actually, what we actually do is... Um, Let's take one example. Like, let's have the triple threat, one dribble pull up, and then we'll have we'll have them rep it out with no defense first. Get that motion down. Maybe like make five to six of these shots. Then we'll have them doing both directions, and then we'll have a situation where we try to recreate a specific situation a, play, a defender will give them. So um, let's say that they're sitting on their right hip. So we try to have them make five shots where they that defender constantly just sits on their right hip the whole entire time. And they have to get that. Um, they have to get that pull up off to the left without any, um, without uh, without any disturbance from the defense. Then we have to replicate it or re- repeat it on the other side where they make it on the left hip. And then now we're playing defense at the the third level of it. I guess is what we would say is um, yeah, uh, where we play in defense where we don't really dictate which side we're going to be on. And now they have to decide. And this is that where that creativity component I was talking about earlier comes into play. And right. they have to decide how they're going to take advantage of that situation, how they're going to react to the whatever the defense is giving them. And the more and more you can incorporate these live and reaction-based components of a workout into your workout, then the better and better your player will be when it comes to game time. When the, more, the more in the zone they'll feel and the more calm and the more um, prepared exactly. they'll feel in high-intensity or high-pressure situations. Right. No, I agree. Um, and I think... It's important to realize that this part is going to vary not only from player to player, but from mm-hmm. day to day. Like, yeah. we probably won't repeat the same. Well, the, it, all it this just, stuff keeps yeah. going through my mind, but it, it really yeah. just depends. Like, sometimes we'll repeat the same focus, like, a couple times a week because it's such a weakness yeah. and we really need to fix we it. It's really the, something we want to work yeah. on. What are you going to say? We might even do, like, the same drill but just progress it yeah. for the whole entire week, like over yeah. from Monday through Friday, like, all right, we're back to this drill, warm up through it again, and then now today we're going to add this part. Then we'll master it tomorrow, practice it again, then we add another part. So it's just kind of like a... Yeah. Or a shit, we might, even, progression. we might even regress it if, if we yeah. find that they're not making, like, the proper yeah. progress. All of this yeah. really depends, so it's really going to take some critical thinking. Like, you're not just going to be mm-hmm. able to uh, just plug drills and exercise yeah. in here, like... It's really going to take some, some introspection, some look at your game, look at some research, um, yeah. and, and, and just think about, like, what could yeah. you do here? How could you alter things in, within your workout? What do you need yeah. to work on? How could you progress things? Um, and this will be not, not time-wise the bulk of the workout, um, because I would say general work, generally a, a workout lasts, like, hour 15, mm-hmm. probably hour 15, and this is about mm-hmm. 30 minutes, but this is the biggest part of the workout and this is what we build up to and mm-hmm. it's what where where we really want to 
emphasize the things that exactly. are ultimately going to make the player the best player they can be. Exactly. Um, but, yeah. Go, go ahead. ahead. I was, was going to say, essentially everything we did previous in that workout was to prepare yeah. for that specific part of that workout. It's right. basically all of that was just like a long warm-up, like a 20, 30, 40-minute warm-up of like ball handling, finishing, shooting warm-up and everything into that game situation because that's what really matters the most. And those games that are made in that in those live situations are what really transfer over to actual right. game results that a player will see on the court. Exactly. Um, so after that, we'll go into, well, it depends. So if, if that focus was a finishing focus or something that didn't really involve shooting, we would save the shooting workout for next. Um, mm-hmm. If that focus involved a like a, some shootings, let's say we're working on shooting out of like a medium hedge pick and roll, we would do the shooting work, sh- shooting warm up, excuse me, um, mm-hmm. right before the focus. Yeah. Um, and the shooting warm ups pretty much is like shorter shots. Again, they're still going to be uh, very similar in, in terms of their their like the movements and motor patterns to what we're working on in that focus. So um, it's basically the finishing warm up, but shooting warm up. Like exactly. Yeah. It's, it's not much more to say than that. Um, yeah. So we'll do that like maybe one or two drills. Like I said, five minutes. 10 minutes max just to see that ball go in get some confidence um if it's not part of if shooting isn't a part of that that main portion we'll save it for after the main portion so let's say we're doing the shooting warm-up now five ten minutes see the ball go in gain some confidence and then we'll get into our shooting which really depends on again in terms of how long it is depends Mm -hmm. on who the player is so if the player is a guy that is really expected to be an approved shooter for their team next year, we may cut everything else shorter and make this mm-hmm. 30 minutes, like mm-hmm. even even 30 over 30 minutes long. Um, mm-hmm. Plus, we're probably going to have some, some rep workouts, the third type of workout that I talked about, and even some specialized workouts, the second type of workout that I talked about, um, mm-hmm. focus on certain aspects of shooting. But this is really where... You can get creative. This is personally my my favorite part of the workout because um, I feel like shooting workouts are just the most, you can get the most creative with them. Um, it's all about reps, finding ways to get a lot of reps and get quality reps and get reps in ways that are, that will transfer into your game. So find mm-hmm. the, the shots that you shoot the most. This is something that we really want to emphasize. Find the shots that you will shoot the most. Like, be honest with yourself. If you're going to be shooting mostly spot-up threes, don't be out here shooting like Paul George separation move threes from 35 feet. Yeah. Just because yeah. you're like, oh, I might take this once at the end of a shot clock. Like, yeah. bro, be honest with yourself. Yeah. Get into shots that you will take in a game because this is what's going to allow you to take more difficult shots is if you continue to progress up. Yeah. Exactly. Make the shots that you're given and uh, find ways to – to have fun with it too like this is the end of the workout for us generally there will be some conditioning involved in it because shooting is something that pretty much everyone has to do when they're tired not everyone has to dribble the ball when they're tired for mm-hmm. long periods of time like but everyone will be in a game and will have to shoot the, if the, the ball comes to them and they're open and they're tired like you're not gonna be like coach i was tired i didn't shoot that like <laughs> there will be some good conditioning involved plus it's the end of the workout so it won't hinder everything else but Get creative, yeah. have fun with it, 
find shots that you will be taking and then this is how we normally will end the workout and we it's, it's think of it as kind of like ramping down at the end so your shooting will be a little bit more tiring um you do like maybe a finisher shooting drill shooting while tired and then you'll shoot like some spot up threes to as kind of a cool down like an active cool down um mm-hmm. shoot like 10 free throws mm-hmm. um so so think of it kind of that way too is where you're ramping everything down and kind of restoring like the your normal state like we talked about this on another video the parasympathetic nervous system um mm-hmm. you're just kind of getting back to that taking deep breaths and cooling down i mean that's the easiest mm-hmm. way to say it i feel like that that pretty much summarizes our um, kind yeah. of like generalized workouts yeah but, um, exactly this I is all that, for number one like the, yeah, the first yeah. type of workout that i mentioned when when it's another yeah. type of workout all this goes to shit because yeah there are no rules in any yeah. of those yeah, like let's say it's a shooting workout, we might not even do any ball handling. No, yeah, that day. might just, just come in and just start shooting. shooting. No, we yeah. might not even dribble the ball in our yeah. shots. We might yeah. like move just three times the entire workout. Yeah. yeah, or you may be moving between every shot, um, shooting a different type of shot every time, like completely yeah. randomized. Like, or we may just play one on one. Like, you yeah, may I have... was just about to mention that. I think yeah, um, yeah, yeah. the fourth type of workout that you forgot to mention is yeah. the um, the pickup workout. So right. this is where you do yeah. like, uh, what, so th- I think this type of workout, man, like we've done this workout plenty of times where yeah. we um, get in and then we um, just do a quick ball handling warm up, do a quick finishing and touch and shooting warm up. And then after yeah. that, it's just one-on-ones or two-on-twos, five-on-five, depending on whatever you have available to you. And then just running that for as long as you can. I think uh, a lot of people skip over these just because they feel like, or me personally, when I was in high school, I skipped over these yeah, me too. a lot just because I, I didn't feel like it was going to directly crazy how i even thought this but i didn't feel like playing basketball was going to directly <laughs> yeah. to me getting better at basketball i thought I had that's to the best way training. you can get better yeah now Literally. now i know more than anything that's that if i could if a player wanted to say like let's play two on two today or one on one i would throw everything i had planned out for the day depending on who that player is and just run games with them one on one or five on five depending on what the situation is but especially if you can like, especially if you can really challenge them in like a creative way Exactly. And work on things that are needed for them. Like let's say a player mm-hmm. needs to work on being more efficient, then we'll play one dribble or we'll play like, exactly. um, like we'll count down from four seconds, just creating exactly. kind of parameters that will help you yeah, work on the stuff that you need to work on and be more specific yeah. in this one-on-one. Exactly. It's not something that's completely freestyle where it's like a player has 30, yeah. 30 dribbles to do whatever they want. It's a, if it's a post player, we can just play one-on-one out of the mid post or one-on-one right. out of whatever situation and then um if they have like an obvious size advantage over the trainer then we have to give them some type of handicaps but nonetheless there's still it's still one of the best ways to develop that in-game skill and that that confidence that a player needs whenever they're training because just don't going through all these motions and then it's and like a lot of trainers don't even incorporate those live situations that we talked about earlier but no yeah i see it way too little yeah play this is every single day five days a week this is going through um cone drills robotic ass moody. drills yeah exactly then, then when game time comes they're going to be completely shocked to see like that cone move or that defender move. <laughs> yeah oh like, shit that shit, cone man. is reaching with a seven yeah. foot wingspan <laughs> yeah exactly Come on, so man. that leads to this poor preparation and it's just um that yep. one-on-one that five-on-five three-on-three however way you can get up and down that court is the best probably the most irreplaceable way of getting developing yes. that in-game skill <clears throat> so takeaway if you have teammates 
like even coaches that are better than you especially but even like good competition whoever you can find just play with them like it can mm-hmm. even supplement your workout a lot of times we'll go straight from our workout like we'll be yeah. <laughs> we'll be t- like third workout of the day one of our players will be like yo let's run some ones i'll be like ah shit but like yeah. <laughs> at the end of the day like you can't deny that because that's what's gonna accelerate that process especially right after a workout and yeah. you can they're feeling literally coach up. them they're through different go. things yeah you're primed up you can focus on the stuff that you focused in focused on in the workout that's mm-hmm. the perfect time to play so yeah it's like putting everything into everything we just talked about yeah. and learn into into live situations not for real um so yeah that's a good point that's definitely like the fourth thing and probably the most important thing you can do but yeah you do have to find a balance between yeah um, yeah it working. can't be all play yeah yeah it can't be yeah, all play. Then, exactly and that's pretty that's no pretty games. self-explanatory yeah um but so like like we said um this is from a more generalized workout so mm-hmm. we're not going to tell you how to i mean we can give you some guidelines maybe in a future episode about how to structure a more specific workout but this is this is kind of an easier uh yeah. skeleton to give you because everything else every other type of workout that we'll do is is mm-hmm. pretty much just random not random i mean obviously everything is very like calculated but mm-hmm. it it's like it's it's like that um it's like that 10 gallons or um 10 cups and one gallon right uh metaphor that i had if you have one gallon of water and you have 10 different cups, filling up each cup with that, the proportional amount of that gallon isn't really going to fill up any of the cups. But if you right. fill up one cup entirely, then another cup entirely, then come back another day when you have more water, then you can eventually have more and more filled cups. And right. And be, um, that, that, uh, it's kind of like how your skills will progress. Exactly. Focus on one thing. That's a perfect <laughs> analogy. So in conclusion, main takeaways first there are different type of workouts so know those know when they're applicable um two is always have a focus or a couple focuses never walk away from a workout saying oh i got better at everything today because in reality you didn't yeah like you you may have gotten like point zero 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 one percent better but i would rather get one percent better at one Mm -hmm. thing come back the next day continue to see improvements um, mm-hmm. And when you see improvements, you work even harder. So mm-hmm. it's kind of that like positive feedback effect, I guess, or like that, that uh, like everything kind of compounds on each yeah. other. And on so, top of that, the um, when you improve on one thing, that can overlap and spill over into yeah. another skill where exactly. it makes shooting easier or whatever other skill you're working on makes it easier. And plus, you don't need everything. Like not yeah. every single player <laughs> yeah. should be working on like certain yeah. finishes. Like if. I said this in another podcast, but if you watch NBA players, they're not working on everything at once, like, or even yeah. everything. Period. Like some of them just say, you know what, like, f the the finishing. Like I'm gonna work on shooting, or like, yeah. why the hell would I be working on shit? Even stationary dynamic ball handling. Some of them are like I'm good enough at that already. Why do I need to work on that for yeah. hours upon hours? Like I need to work on my weaknesses, or I need to work on yeah. things that can really help my game. So. Find those focuses, do a, do a pretty good assessment of yourself or your players, find those things, and then make them your focuses in the workout. Mm-hmm. Um, another takeaway, play one-on-one, two-on-two, three-on-three, any basketball. Um, and then something I also don't want you guys to forget is don't spend too much time doing non-game situation stuff. And when I say that, it's not like, 
I don't necessarily mean like cone work and like the stuff that people on social media always be like, oh, it's not a game situation because we can never truly um, like recreate a game situation. But what I mean by that is like touch finishing and touch shooting. Like a lot of guys, their go-to drill for finishing is like the mic and drill. And mm. <laughs> well, it's a good warm-up for us. Like it's not the demands that you're going to see in a game unless you're like a big man, in which case. It may be good, but yeah. even then, like, you might want to work on, like, a drop step into a finish rather than just yeah. finishing. So, quality over quantity there. Um, I would take more quality game situation, 100% intensity reps over, like, a bunch of touch reps, I guess. If, if Hopefully, you guys mm-hmm. understand what I mean by that. But um, those are the main takeaways for me. And um, one more thing I want to point out is um, it's okay to have weaknesses. A lot of people yeah. think... They got to work on every single one of their weaknesses when they can't to the point where they don't have any at all. But that's just an unrealistic way of approaching training. If you look at any player you can think of, you can pinpoint at least one or two weaknesses from that player. So like right. Giannis has has been having one of like a was going to have like an MVP um, season, but he's not necessarily the best shooter out there because he knows that's not where he can use his best strength. And then think about LeBron. He's not the best ball handler, but he knows right. that he doesn't necessarily need to work on that. So it's just um, figure out what you are and who you are as a player and then be okay with accepting some of those weaknesses and embrace them to the point where you can maximize your attention on the things that you can actually be really, really great at. Right. So like Steph Curry knew early, he's not going to be the biggest motherfucker on the court, but he's going to definitely be the best shooter on the court because that's something that he can control. He's not going to be... If you go to a Steph Curry workout session, you're not going to see him practicing between the legs, dunks, uh, drive yeah. to the basket, <laughs> dunking over men. He's, he's really just going to be shooting hella jump shots in crazy, uh, in crazy way. I was about to talk about a specific drill that he did that I saw that was just ridiculous, but that's neither here nor there. But um, it's just it's embrace your weaknesses and don't feel like you have to always fix every single one of your weaknesses unless it's completely imperative that you do so if your weakness yeah. is not being able to dribble with your left hand then that's something that needs to be needs to be adjusted right. but having a specific yeah. skill as a weakness overall such as finishing shooting really decide if that's something that you really want to focus on developing or understand if it's okay to have that weakness as a weakness and then develop other facets of your game because you only have a certain amount of time in a workout and you can't address everything like we talked about earlier. Facts. Big, big facts right there. So, hope you guys got a few takeaways from that. We went on a couple tangents, but I'm glad we did because we covered a lot of information. Mm-hmm. Um, as always, if you guys have any questions about it or new topics that you want us to talk about or completely random questions, hit us up. I'll put both of our Instagrams in the description if you don't already have them. Um, you know, DM us, text us, email us, whatever, and we'll get back to you because we love just talking about basketball and mm-hmm. learning new things from you guys, teaching you guys, interacting because we're all the community, basketball community, so that's what we're really trying to build. So hit us up. Um, mm-hmm. Yosef, you got anything else? Yeah, and if you guys hit us up, please try to be specific as possible with your questions yeah, because yeah. questions. Yeah. No more. How do saying, I make the NBA? Yeah, or how do I work out? Or nah, what yeah. do I do to work, what do I do in a workout? There's just it's just so it's much, much to go into. That's literally our profession yeah. into one in one, one question like, answer. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, it's not gonna happen. So be specific. There's just so many variables that depend on. So, many <laughs> yeah. so you can't just give a person a straight answer without knowing who that person is. 
No, be specific as possible in your that. questions, please. I definitely second that. Um, that's a good mm. point, but definitely hit us up. Hopefully, everybody's doing well, doing you know, staying safe right now. And hopefully, we'll mm-hmm. get back on the court soon. So, thank yep. you guys for tuning in. As always, yep, hope everyone's still working on their game. Um, mm-hmm. Thank you for taking the time safe. out of your day to listen to us and uh, working on your game in a way off the court. So, Hell yeah. continue training, continue getting better, everybody.